the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. You're listening to hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show on The Answer, 98.9 Columbus, 94.5 in Dayton. Glad to have you with us. You can participate in the show, 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989 is our number. Uh, We have a couple special guests lined up for you on Friday's show. Uh, We will have Andrew Claven of the Daily Wire, host of the Andrew Claven Show, will join us. And we're working on one other special guest from a major social media platform, the president of a major social media platform. Uh, hoping to line him up for Friday as well. Uh, the topic of the show very often trends into matters of education. Uh, I view my platform as one that is available to those of you who are big time into guarding your students academically, psychologically, socially, and emotionally but not via woke programs like the uh, misguided named social-emotional learning. Okay, I am a sworn enemy of the wokest agendas in our public schools that would ingrain critical race theory, turn kids one against the other, label some as oppressors, some as oppressed, de-emphasize hard work, de-emphasize grades, de-emphasize meritocracy. I'm against all that. So I'm watching with interest the appointment of Steve Dakin as the new superintendent of the State Board of Education in Ohio. The vote to put him into that spot was 14 to 4. Other candidates, Larry Hook, superintendent of Springboro Community City School District in southwest Ohio, Uh, Anna Staver of the Dispatch, who is a committed wokester, says that Larry Hook received four votes from the board's more conservative members. That tells me Larry Hook would have been a good choice. And Thomas Hostler, superintendent of Perrysburg Schools near Toledo, received no votes. I don't know anything about Thomas Hostler, but I know there's some awake parents up there in Perrysburg uh, because they're part of a school initiative that I am privileged to be a part of. Okay, so what do I know about Steve Dakin? Steve Dakin used to be the superintendent of Reynoldsburg City Schools from 2007 to 2014. So I'd be curious to know what those of you in Reynoldsburg think of Steve Dakin and his stewardship of your schools. Now, here's the thing. Hard to know what he's going to be about in his role as superintendent of the State Board of Education in 2022 and beyond. When you go back to 2014, when he was last in Reynoldsburg, nobody would have put transgender uh, 
people like Nina West, the entertainer, quote-unquote entertainer, who's a mental health advocate, as ridiculous and illogical as that is at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Nobody would have had a guy in drag come in and read to elementary school kids in schools in Ohio in 2014. You'd have gotten roundly tossed out on your ear, as you should have then and still should. The whole CRT thing was not a thing. We were amid the second term of Barack Obama. He was just then starting to ratchet up the racial discord in our country with his comments about Trayvon Martin and a professor at Harvard. And Obama is, in terms of the presidency, the worst thing that's ever happened to race relations in America. The worst thing. And so I can't grade Steve Dakin from 2014 at Reynoldsburg and know anything that he's going to do in 2022. I can only go by the people who are speaking about him. Now, the Fordham Institute here in Ohio is an organization that would be aligned with my own on education. They're pro-charter school. They are for uh, better methods of school funding. The Fordham Institute would lean or be staunchly in the conservative part of the aisle when it comes to education. Uh, Conversely... The <laughs> the organization that goes by the name Honesty for Ohio Education Coalition. Well, let me just read to you from their website, okay? The Honesty for Ohio Education Coalition. We are a national network of legislators, lobbyists, and organizations uh that oppose honest educators being labeled as Marxist and schools being labeled as indoctrination centers. Okay, so you know where they stand, right? They're wokey as wokey can be. Uh, We stand for examining and acknowledging hard truths about our nation and affirming, keyword, dog whistle, the many, many is in all caps, The many diverse experiences that define the American experience. Okay. In Ohio, honesty in education faces three threats, according to the leftist honesty for Ohio education. You know it's not true when they say it's honesty for Ohio education. They oppose the Ohio State House, where divisive concept bills, they call them divisive concept bills, that censor honest education about racism, sexism, sexuality. See, the farther we get down on the website, you know what they're all about. So they are issuing their own dire warning for Steve Dakin. One of their spokespeople says, From day one, Mr. Dakin must lean in with honesty, courage, and commitment to do what's right for our young people. Yeah, I'm with you on that. We would just have dramatically different ideas about what is right for young people. You think indoctrinating them into sexual orientation and gender ideology in kindergarten is good for them. And I would, if I could have my way, I would throw you in jail for that, for pedophilia and grooming them. Their statement goes on. He must ensure that facts, hard truths, and diverse perspectives. I mean, do you need any more of this nonsensical, woke verbiage to know exactly where they stand? 
Uh, and then, of course, we have the uh, comment from Scott DeMario, Ohio Education Association, or Ohio, yeah, Ohio Education Association president. So that's teachers union. He's a big teachers union advocate. I've had Scott on the show before. I appreciate Scott coming on the show. We had a cordial discussion one day. That was pre-House Bill 616, which is the attempt by the Ohio General Assembly to copy the best parts of the Florida Parents' Rights and Education Bill. Uh, Scott and I, I'm trying to arrange through Scott's spokesman for him to come on the show again. I think he will. Our uh, email back and forth have has been uh, cordial, but he's not going to he's not going to be able to have um, an unchallenged view on House Bill six sixteen if he comes on this show, and he should know that. I make no bones about that. Uh, he says of Steve Dakin, it is imperative that Ohio's educators continue to have a seat at the table and a voice in the decisions that impact their ability to serve their students every day. I don't oppose you having a seat at the table, Scott. You can have a seat at the table. You can have the same seat at the table that uh, young people used to have at the table in the 60s, 70s, 80s. You could be seen and not heard, or certainly not heard ahead of parents. I don't even oppose you being heard. I just oppose you knowing what lane you're in. And the lane that you're in is not the lane that Joe Biden says you're in, which is these are our children. They are not your children. We have not ceded control of our children to you. We will not cede control of our children to you. And I know that you in the teachers unions and you in woke organizations like the not on the dishonesty for OhioEducation.org, I know that you played the long game for 50 years and you thought you had it all going your way. And that we were so asleep and so demoralized by Donald Trump's loss that we would never have another word to say. Or if we had another word to say, there certainly wouldn't be enough of us who could turn a school board election back toward conservative members. But you got, you got not just a wake-up call, you got an ice bath at 6 in the morning, figuratively speaking, in the last election. Because we had a plethora of first-time school board candidates across the state of Ohio who won a lot, a lot. And that's what's going on at Buckeye Valley. That's what's going on at Jonathan Alder. That's what's going on in Dublin, in Upper Arlington, in Hilliard. We are getting people on school boards who are going to stop this nonsense that you are pushing. We are going to take back our schools. And I know you thought the pandemic was like the greatest thing ever because it got Donald Trump out of office. And it certainly contributed to Donald Trump being taken out of office. But the pandemic also woke up parents because for the first time in a long time, we realized we could not trust you in the classroom to do what was right for our kids. We assumed you had their best interests at heart, but it became very apparent to us after listening in on Zoom school that you were zooming in the wrong direction. You were zooming over into leftist ideology and all kinds of nonsensical intersectionality garbage. And the one thing that people will fight for to the end is their children. Is their children. They will end friendships over it if they have to. My courageous tiger moms at Columbus Academy did that. Now they're starting their own charter school. That's how we respond. We fight back with solutions, with solutions, not woke nonsense, like you parrot, day after day after day.
So one additional note on Steve Dakin, the new state superintendent of public instruction for the Ohio Department of Education. Uh, There was one consequential event recently that kind of told you where people are aligned. They had a vote on repealing an anti-racism thing that they, an anti-racism initiatives that they hurried into um, into passage in the aftermath of the death of George Floyd. So everybody across the country was all, oh, one person's, oh, it's good. You, got, you can't just be against racism. You have to be anti-racist and you have to embrace all the teachings of uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, Robin DiAngelo, and Ibram X. Kendi. So they went way too far the other way and we started to get Lots and lots of CRT in Ohio schools. And as I said, the parents got awake during the pandemic, during Zoom classes. They heard and saw what was being done, and they pushed back. And so, after cooler heads prevailed, there was a vote uh, for another initiative in October of last season. And uh, last, not last season, last year. October of last year, which was to get rid of the anti-racism resolution and replace it with one that just says, look, you can't teach anything that seeks to divide people. Can't can't do it. Well, a couple members of the board voted against the more common sense approach. And Governor Mike DeWine, uh, in one of the few instances where he actually governed like a Republican governor during COVID, uh, asked for the resignation of Laura Kohler of New Albany and Eric Poklar of Worthington. Now, Laura Kohler was the president of the board. So that's why there was a vacancy on the board that Steve Dakin ended up getting yesterday. So how did Dakin vote on that? Well, Dakin did not vote to preserve the anti-racism resolution because if he had, he would have been asked to resign as well. So uh, that's one thing that hopefully tells us that the State Board of Education is in good hands with Steve Dakin. Hopefully he would be against what they are doing in Rhode Island, where in Barrington, Rhode Island, which think Barrington, Rhode Island, think affluent, high-achieving, well-thought-of schools. And what happens when you get highly thought-of, high-achieving schools? You get higher property values. You get less crime. And you get graduates who go on to great schools, great jobs. A lot of these particular students in Barrington, Rhode Island, uh, saw an education from Barrington schools as their ticket to an Ivy League education. Now, while I'm not going to vouch for an Ivy League education because of the indoctrination that takes place on Ivy League campuses, traditionally, Ivy League educations have been seen as good things up until we became aware of how much indoctrination was going on. But... Barrington School's management, their administration, uh, sees what the Ohio State Board of Education saw in the immediate aftermath of the death of George Floyd. And that is that if we had honors programs or, as they call them here in a lot of schools, AP classes, which are, you know, the gifted and talented classes, ah, that was perpetuating 
racism and all the old educational stereotypes. It was part of the patriarchy and part of the hierarchy and part of the things that had to go away. And so, and so, in the Rhode Island Barrington School District, they have eliminated, eliminated all honors courses and uh, all extra type of more difficult classes that were getting their highest achieving kids into Ivy League schools. And here's the reason why. Katie Novak, a representative of Barrington Schools, said, and I quote, too many individuals in schools support oppressive and ableist structures where access to advanced coursework is a privilege that students have to earn. Yeah, I know, your head's exploding, right? Yes, students earning their way into high-achieving classes, according to her, is oppressive and indicative of ableist structures. Her statement continues, all students deserve opportunities to access grade-level instruction. Grade-level instruction. So, you know, if you're able to do freshman work, sophomore work, junior work, senior work, that's all you need. Like, why would you need to do any college prep classes while you're in high school? Be a kid. Just goof around. Don't do your homework. All students deserve opportunities to access grade-level instruction and become expert learners. Those two things would seem to be at odds with each other in my mind, but, you know, I have a functioning brain. Uh, This is not possible. Katie Novak says, when we continue to track students in different levels based on antiquated models of school success. Let's dumb it down for everybody. Everybody gets a medal. Everybody passes. They did this at my kid's school when my kid was in public school many years ago. Um, They took the high-achieving learners, and they classified them as ones, and then they took the ones that were Not quite as high achieving, but still pretty high achieving. And they were twos. And then they took the middle average learners. They were threes. And the slightly below average were fours. And the ones that really struggled were fives. And so you would think they would put the ones together, the twos together, the threes together. Or maybe the twos and threes together. Maybe the four and fives together. No. No, no. They put the ones. They put a one in every group with maybe two twos, three threes, And then a bunch of four and fives. The idea being that the one was supposed to slow down, slow down, don't learn so fast, don't learn so much, and you're going to bring the fours and the fives up. And I said to the administration, gee, I thought that was your job to bring the fours and fives up. Why is it my eight-year-old daughter's job to bring the four and fives up? And so my daughter didn't go to that school anymore. My daughter became homeschooled, and she has loved the pace of learning as a homeschool student. As that's the only solution to this kind of nonsense. Uh, It is a bunch of leftist talking points, ableist structures, oppressive learning platforms, um, antiquated models of school success. You know what an antiquated model of school success is? Quizzes, tests, grades, studying, expectations... (laughs) Those are what they refer to in Barrington, Rhode Island, and in a lot of schools, as antiquated models of school success. Yeah, grades. Grades are, those are ableist structures. So we end up with a bunch of people who can't do anything other than play video games and Halo. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.